This is Bite Sized Blessings. Hello, everybody. My name is Charles Eaton, and this is the very first episode of Bite Sized Blessings. Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all. I am so excited to be doing this and uh, just a little over the moon thrilled that there is even one person willing uh, to listen and finds me worth listening to. My hope for this new space is that it becomes, blossoms into a source where you can go to get a quick devotional thought, a little something, something to get your mind right for the week. Um, Together, we are going to be exploring familiar biblical texts and familiar biblical stories, but from unfamiliar biblical angles. Um, Hopefully, if you give me 10 to 15 minutes of your day, then I can leave you with something that will empower you to live fully and abundantly as you walk this Christian walk. Today, since this is the inaugural episode, I will spend 20 seconds and tell you a little bit about me. Uh, My name is Charles. I am a graduate of Oakwood University. Oh, you ain't got that hunk. I'm just pleasant with you. Um, Oakwood University. Uh, I am also a graduate of the University of Chicago Law School, where fun goes to die. Uh, I am now getting a Master of Divinity at Yale Divinity School, and if life goes the way I'd want it to, I will be a full-time public defender and a maybe a minister, pastor type of person on the side. Um, My denominational background is Seventh-day Adventist, and my academic pursuits have thus far focused on black theology and biblical studies. Okay. All right, that's plenty about me. That's enough. This is bite-sized blessing, so let's go ahead and get to the text. For this very first episode, I am going to come out of Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 26. Um, That is Exodus 15, verses 22 through 26. I will be reading out of the New Revised Standard Version, the NRSV, but feel free to pull it up in whatever version that works best for you. Okay, let's do it. Exodus 15, 22 through 26, and it reads as follows. Then Moses ordered Israel to set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, They could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. That is why it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he put them to the test. He said, If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what is right in his sight, and give heed to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will not bring upon you any of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Okay. 
Here is the context for this passage. The Israelites have finally escaped bondage in Egypt. They were held captive there for about 400 years, and Moses, led by God, brought them out through the use of the ten plagues, uh, the locusts, the flies, the darkness, um, y'all know. Uh, the crossing of the Red Sea just happened, and they are now on their way to a new land flowing with milk and honey. But there is a problem. This is their first test of faith after the Red Sea. They are thirsty and they have no water. Now watch the Israelite response. When the text comes in, we find them going into the wilderness of Shur for three days and finding no water. Now, you might be asking yourself, well, why go into the wilderness of Shur? That's kind of random. Why search for water in a wilderness? Well, there's a reason. Um, see, in Genesis chapter 16 and verse 7, feel free to turn there in your free time. Um, Genesis 16, 7, we learn that Hagar, after fleeing the slavery and the sexual abuse inflicted upon her by Sarai and Abram, found, and I'm quoting uh, Genesis, uh, the spring on the way to Shur right? So this implies that there is some type of spring at Shur on the way to Shur uh, that was like a known area, right? This makes sense. This is a desert. Um, knowledge of whatever watering holes are in the desert is probably critical information for the people to have, um, critical for their survival. Um, so the Israelites are expecting to find water at Shur, right? They're expecting to find water at Shur. Follow me. Um, because Shur had developed a reputation for having water. Mm. But when they got there, when they arrived at Shur, they spent three days looking and could find no water. This place had provided water before. <laughs> this place had provided shelter before. This place had provided safety before. They came looking for water. They came looking for shelter. They came looking for safety. But they found a desert. Uh, one of the worst things we can do is to make ourselves out to be places of emotional safety places of relational safety, to make ourselves out to be a spring of water. But when people try to rely on us, they find nothing but desert. And, and I learned this the hard way. See, I used to work in a group home after I graduated um, uh, from college. I spent a year working in a group home for at-risk teenage boys. We had six of them in the home, ages 12 through 17. Um, I was young, fresh out of college, fairly inexperienced. And one of the boys really struggled with depression and with anxiety. And, and me uh, thinking, you know, I'm going to do the right thing, uh, thinking I'm going to try and, you know, save this kid. Uh, I told him, you know, hey, man, if you ever need to talk, I'll be there. Just hit me up. Uh, and the thing is, for a while, I was there, right? Homie would hit me up at odd hours and I would talk him through his stuff, help him to, you know, not let his mind dwell in, in dark and dangerous places. And it was all good for a minute. Um, but in my youth and in my eagerness to be helpful, I overestimated how much this kid would come to rely on me. Um, and it 
became exhausting. Um, and I remember uh, keeping it to myself instead of communicating that with him. Um, and one day he reached out and uh, I put it off just for a day. Um, didn't respond until the next day, but I put it off. And that distance really, really hurt this kid. We were never um, really cool like that again because of expectations. I told him that he could hit me up and I would be there. And then one day he hit me up and I wasn't. He went looking for water, but he found a desert. Um, Y'all, we, we got to be careful about setting correct and realistic expectations. We must be intentional about communicating when we can be relied on and when we cannot. This is true in ministry. It's true in relationships. It's true in friendships. It's true with family, with friends, because watch this, watch this. The wilderness of Shur had a reputation for water, right? So the Israelites spent three days looking for water. They couldn't find any water. So watch what happens in the text. The text says that after they could not find any water at Shur, they then went to Mara, right? But they couldn't drink the water there because it was bitter. In fact, the text says, literally, that was why the place was called Mara. It means bitter. Some of y'all um, real serious Bible students might recognize the name. This is the name that Naomi uh, changed her name to after the death of her husband and her two sons in the book of Ruth. Uh, call me Mara, bitter. Um, the Israelites tried to get water from Shur, the place that had a reputation for water. And when that failed, they went to Mara, a place known to have bitter water. Ah, see, this is why, this is why we got to be careful. Because sometimes people, if denied their place of safety, will look for water, look for help look for healing in the relationship that they know is toxic. Uh, people, when denied their place of safety, will turn to the relationship they know is toxic, the relationship they know isn't any good for them, the relationship they know will sap their life energy. And why would they do that? Why? Just because... It looks like a place that could provide water. It has the appearance of safety, but no actual substance. Maybe they looked at the bitter water and said, man, it, it actually can't be that bad. Maybe they looked at the toxic water and said, you know, I would rather have something toxic than nothing. Ah, the Israelites first tried to draw water from the known place, the safe place, the church, the steady family member, the home, the rock-solid friend. But they found no healing there, so they went to the bitter place, the toxic place, the person they know isn't safe, the situation they know doesn't have their well-being at heart. They would rather have toxic water than no water. But how many of us know that if you're stranded out on a raft 
in the middle of the ocean, suffering from thirst, suffering from dehydration. The quickest way to die is to dip your head into the ocean and have a sip. But I'm about out of time. I'm about out of time. So we'll stop here. Family, people of God, we must be careful in how we set expectations. We must be intentional about how reliable we proclaim ourselves to be. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, because people will come looking for healing. People will come looking for help. People will come looking for water, but they will find a desert. So that's the word. Here are a couple of discussion questions, you know, to meditate on. Um, the first one is this. Um, have you ever let someone believe that they could come to you for safety and then let them down? And if so, were you able to restore the power and life in that friendship? Um, and the second question is, were you ever hurting and turned to a person or a situation that you knew uh, wasn't no good for you? Looking back, um, can you say that you would rather have had the toxic water or no water? Um, if you are in either of these camps, bow your heads with me briefly and let's pray and close this out. Dear Lord, uh, thank you just for this moment. Uh, thank you for this new ministry. Um, Father, I want to pray for the people who saw themselves reflected in this word. Um, I want to pray for those who made themselves out to be a place of safety um, and let people down. And I want to pray for those who tried to depend on those they thought were reliable and found them to be unreliable. God, you know our hearts, Lord. I pray that you make our places of safety actual places of safety. Lord, I pray that you help us um, those of us who are on a path to reach out and help others to understand the responsibility um, to be reliable, Lord. Thank you so much uh, for being with us in this moment, God, um, and I pray that you bless us all. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, I will see you all next time. This has been episode one of Bite-Sized Blessing. Well